get it. Amen. No, I'm just teasing there. All right, I wanted to share with you something the Lord shared with me this week. And uh, I want to just try to bless your soul a little bit, give you some hope and some encouragement. We're going to the book of 1 John today. 1 John, that's way back there toward the book of Revelation. And I'm going to start in the King James. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That's awesome. Brothers and sisters, not everybody in the world gets to live the life that we get to live. Amen. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. He says it again. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, we shall, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope, everybody say hope. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So I want to talk today. I want to share with you today. This is, uh, it's always tough on a pastor sometimes to come up with a, a Christmas message. It's hard to come up with an Easter message. I mean, how many ways can you spin the resurrection? Have you thought about that? No, you haven't? Okay. I'm trying to make it so when you leave here, you can say, I never heard it like that, Pastor. I never, ever heard it like that. One of my, I feel like one of my best sermons on Easter that I ever preached was over in the old building. And I was preaching about the Lord wanting to resurrect our dreams. Just like he resurrected himself, the Lord wants to resurrect our dreams. One of the best Christmas sermons I ever preached was here in 2010, I think, 9 or 10. 2010. And it was, it was good. 2009, that's when it was. It was so good I can't even remember what the title was. Amen. So today I want to talk about this. I want to talk about hope arrived. Hope arrived. Okay? We all have to have hope. 1 John 3, or 1, 3 says, 3, 1, 3, 3 says, A man that hath this hope purifies himself. How many of you have ever felt hopeless? All of us have. How many of us have ever felt like there's no chance? There's no shot. This is never going to change. This is never going to turn. I'm sure Colton's family the last 54 days had been through a lot of long nights. Long nights. Any, Any of you ever been to the hospital and stayed with someone who's sick? And when you leave, you haven't done anything all day. You just sit there. But when you get home, you are completely exhausted. Why? Because there's this stress that is not seen on you. There's this, there's this emotional situation that comes. And so hope arrived at a manger in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. Hope arrived when... God robed himself in flesh and dwelt among men. Hope arrived when Mary, the virgin, she was probably only about 14 or 15 years old at the time when the Bible says that the angel said, Blessed art thou, Mary, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You're going to give birth to the Savior. And the angel had to appear to Joseph in a dream because Joseph wasn't sure how he was going to handle the situation. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Have you ever thought about what Joseph went through. What Joseph went through. And what Mary went through. You see, today, adultery is just normal. It's all fine. Oh, boy. Are you guys asleep today? You haven't even had all the cookies yet. There's no sugar. You should not be on sugar lows at all. You know, you should have not have a carb spike, and now you're crashing and sleeping on me. Right? No. 
Adultery today is 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 uh, uh, glorified, exemplified. Fornication is just oh, it's okay. Everything's okay now. But back then, they stoned women who were pregnant and not married. Back then, in the Bible days, they stoned a man and a woman if they were engaged and before they came together and were married. She was found pregnant. They stoned them. They killed them. That's what the law said. And so you've got to look at what Mary and Joseph went through. You know, there was a stigma that was put on them while they were in the middle of doing the will of God. That kind of sounds like us today. You know, it kind of sounds like this country today and this world today when, you know, the strip clubs and the casinos can stay open but the churches have to close. We're seeing all this begin to unfold. The government is seeing how far they can go in controlling religious activity. They're seeing how far it can go and how much they can, they can restrict and regulate. And okay, well, you can have your church service, but you can't have any more than 10 people there. I mentioned a few weeks ago about going out to a conference in Stockton, California a few years ago. Me and Brother Rob and Brother Johnny, and this big old, we're in this big old sanctuary that will seat about 6,600 people. Can you imagine? And all they go, California will let them do is have 10 people. You can't even see 10 people in that place. It'll look like one of those cutouts in the NFL stadiums now, way up in the, way up in the second deck. So the enemy is trying to push today. But Mary and Joseph were doing the will of God, and there was a stigma put on them. Brothers and sisters, you're going to do the will of God, and you're going to have a stigma on you. You're going to be doing the will of God, and people are going to look at you strange. You're going to do the will of God, and people are going to look at you like you're crazy. In fact, I, you know, I'm sure that uh, some of us, if we're on social media a lot, and have said anything about the election and, and uh, about how we feel that it was stolen, that there's other Christians, possibly, that have uh, counter-spoken uh, against you and said you're crazy, the election is the election, and we just need to go on. You know, I've seen where preachers say, okay, well, yes, this candidate is for abortion, but, you know, adultery is a sin. Abortion is a sin, and so is adultery. But for some reason, the Lord always brought out that he was against the shedding of innocent blood. For some reason, he always brought that to the forefront. So what I'm saying is that there's going to be times when walking with the Lord will not be comfortable. There'll be times when walking with the Lord will put a target on your back, basically. But you see, hope arrived in that manger. Hope arrived with the proclamation of the angel, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And, all, and then all at once, can you imagine all at once, the whole sky was filled with angels and the choir had just arrived. And they were singing, glory to God in the highest Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I had to put the sound effect in there. In excess is Edison. Yeah, he just, yeah. He approved. Yeah. The whole sky is filled with angels in glory. And see, there, God gives us good spots in your walk with the Lord. Watch this. God gives you good spots in your walk with the Lord because when you hit a bad spot, you always refer back to the good spot to help you through the bad spot. God's going to give you good times in your walk with the Lord that when you hit a bad time, you're going to have power to go on through and say, you know what, I remember what it was like back when it was good, and it's going to be good again. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Amen? Hallelujah. So hope arrived that day in Bethlehem. 1 John 3, 1. Let's break it down. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? We should be called the sons of God. Not everybody is privileged to walk around with the Holy Ghost in their lives. Oh, my. 
Not everybody is privileged to walk around with the Holy Spirit of God living in our lives. You see people all the time who are depressed and sad and they're on opioids and they're committing suicide and there's no hope there. And you know, you just look at them and there's no joy in their lives and it's just an existence day by day by day. You just get up and go to work and you come home and you exist and you go to bed and you get up and you go to work and it's just on and on and on. But brothers and sisters, the Lord living inside of you, we become sons of God. Amen. And we have the power of the Lord in our lives and we have the joy of the Lord in our lives and we have the hope of the Lord that God one day is going to get us out of this world amen but until then he's going to help you through the bottle he's going to help you through the low spot he's going to help us through the trial oh come on all of us have been through bad times all of us have been through times when we didn't feel the Lord Maybe you didn't handle it like you should have or could have or would have. Maybe you got down on the Lord. Maybe you got mad at him. He's had people mad at him before. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody in here ever been mad at the Lord? Anybody been over, so overcome with emotion, with hurt, with anger? That you just you just strike out at the Lord and you and you just saying, Well, Lord, what's going on here? Why are you letting this happen? And then heaven is heaven is so silent. You're wondering what, what heaven is so so silent, and you're trying to figure out what is happening and what's going on. And, and it's like, wow, why is all this happening in my life, Lord? And nobody really has an answer. And nobody really has an explanation. And that's when you just walk by faith. You just keep walking. The 23rd Psalm. Everybody knows that, don't you? 23rd Psalm. It's one of the spookiest chapters in the whole Bible. Why is it spooky? Because they read it at every funeral. It's on every funeral home. When I was growing up, right right when I was growing up out in the country where we lived, that's when they they took the bodies back to the farmhouses. And we went to a visitation in an old farmhouse to visit one of our neighbors out there, or, or farming neighbors. I was probably about five or six years old, and I was almost sure that I saw the chest of that person going up and down. And that night we went home. And I went to bed, and what, what, lo and behold, what happened? A thunderstorm, and the wind was blowing. Now, we grew up out on a farm. I grew up at 3,000-foot elevation. We didn't have air conditioners in our houses. You didn't need them. But the windows were open, and the lightning would flash, and the, and the curtains were blowing. And I swore that three ridges over at the Brenneman house, old man Brenneman's chest was going up and down when we went through there. And I didn't want to, I was a little nervous. I didn't know if he's going to show up and grab me, snatch me out of my bed, or what was going to happen. The 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right? Blah, 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 blah. There's a key phrase in there that says, Yea, though I what? Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, when you get down and you get in a tough spot, you just keep walking. The devil wants you to plant. He wants you to stay there for a while so he can whisper in your ear. Has anybody ever tried to whisper in your ear when you were walking? It's very hard because if they're going to cup their voice and their mouth over your ear while you're walking, it's very hard to do that. But the moment you stop, they can get your attention. Say, Tim. Tim, did you see old man Brenneman's chest moving? He's laying in the living room over in his house, three ridges over. Needless to say, I didn't get much sleep that night. And old man Brenneman probably never got out of the house and got wet that night either. He probably laid right there. As far as I know, they buried him that 
next day. Amen. But you see, the enemy wants you to stop so he can get your attention and talk to you. You've got to keep walking through the valley. You've got to keep walking through the trial. You don't stop. You don't give up. Yeah, there's going to be times when you're going to run and you're going to sprint through the situation. There's other times that you're going to hit some mud and you're going to hit maybe a snowstorm or something and it's going to pull you off the track or it's going to slide you into a, a ditch somewhere or you're going to get hung up for a little bit. But you just keep walking. You just keep walking through whatever situation you're going through because the Lord has given us hope. The Lord, hope arrived on that morning, amen, when he was born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. Hope has arrived in your heart when he filled you with his spirit because now we are the sons of God. The world cannot relate to you and I when we're going through a trial and, you know, everything's caving in on us and we say, I just think everything is going to be all right. They can't figure that out because they're going to have to go drown out their hopelessness with alcohol or drown it out with drugs or immorality or whatever they drown it out with. But you see, once the effect of the drug is gone, once the effect of the, of the alcohol and the drug is, is gone, the hurt is still there, the pain is still there. And so what do you have to do? You have to keep walking. You just have to keep trusting the Lord. We are the sons of God. He said it again, and it doesn't appear what we shall be, but we, we know that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's our plan. Our plan is, I'm going to be like you. My journey's goal is to be more like you, Jesus. Except at Walmart when people shun you and you retract that prayer for a while. But you'll get bold again and you'll say, Lord, let's try it again because you want to be like the Lord. We're going to be like the Lord one of these days. It ain't always going to be like this. The storms don't last forever. Storms and situations don't last always, amen? Eventually, the storm has to give way to the wind blowing it out, and the, and the wind blows out the clouds, and the sun shines again, amen? Do you know what the wind is representative of in the Scripture? It represents the Spirit of God. Sometimes you just got to set step back and say, God, I want you to blow in my life in this situation. I want you to blow in this relationship. I want you to blow in this circumstance until all the clouds are gone and the sun is shining again. Amen. Somebody say amen around here. Help me preach a little bit. Amen. I hope I'm helping you. Am I helping? Am I helping anybody? Tennessee Bill, am I helping anybody today? I hope I'm helping somebody today. You're going to have storms. I can't remember what chapter it is, maybe. I'm thinking Matthew, maybe 5, or Mark chapter 5. Jesus finds himself in a boat. And he tells the disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. So they are out there on the Sea of Galilee, and they're headed to the other side. And in the middle of the, of the journey, what do they encounter? A storm. Who's in the boat? Jesus is in the boat. Yes, he was. You're reading it, aren't you, Frank? Frank said, sleep, I think. He was. Jesus is in a boat in a storm, asleep. What in the world? Jesus is in the boat, in the storm, asleep. And his disciples are flipping out. They're freaking out. They're throwing stuff over, overboard out of the boat to try to lighten it up. They're trying to get to the boat under control. Now, let me say this. These disciples were not accountants that had decided to take a boat ride from Tiberias to Capernaum. I've been on the Sea of Galilee. I've been there. They weren't, they weren't construction workers. They weren't checkers. They weren't CSMs out at Walmart on the boat. These guys were Peter, James, and John, and they lived on that lake. They knew how to manage that thing. They knew how to sail that boat through there. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say, number one, you're in the, he, they were in the will of God. 
because he said we're going to go from here to there. Yep. Number two, storms can happen even though Jesus is in your boat. Will you buy me a burger at Denny's or a steak, Frank, since that was real good? Oh, Lord. Well, I fast today, I guess. Put my name down Sunday fasting. Pastor Frank's not buying. Actually, I just buy a steak because for a dollar more, you can have a steak rather than a hamburger. Amen. Storms can happen when Jesus is in your boat. And he wasn't worried. He's in the boat sleeping. When situations come into our lives, God's not worried about them. Oh, we're, we're turned inside out. We are completely demolished. We can't believe this might come in, this might happen, but the Lord is still in the boat. They finally wake him up and they say, why, why are you laying there sleeping? He said, because I'm tired. We went Christmas shopping the other day. Down, down at the mall. That's the first time I've been in that mall down there in Fairview Heights in like 300 years. All right, maybe 250. Been a long time. And we need a new mattress. We've had a mattress for 20 years. You know what happens to your back after 20 years on the same mattress? It breaks down. So 20 years ago, we bought one of those sleep number beds, you know, where you can adjust it, everybody can adjust it. And we liked it. So we went to look at some others over there. And and Edison and and uh, what's his mom's name? Megan. Hallelujah. Clark knows one. Listen, I mean I, I, I look at I look at Megan and I call her Ginger. I look at Macy and I call her Megan. You just make sure you don't call your wife the wrong name. All right, you just keep that. You just do your best. So uh, Megan and Edison were doing, they went to the bathroom or something. So Amy and I decided we're going to check out these mattresses because they got about 15 of them, and you just don't know which one to try. And so the, the salesman had us in there laying on these. And I'm going to tell you what, while he's talking, I could feel myself going out. Brother Joe, you know how that is. You just... You just get relaxed. And listen, as you get older, it don't take long. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and I caught myself, and I'm like, oh, Lord. Okay, so I need to get off of this bed right now. But if we could have, we'd have, we'd have went down there when the mall closed and just slept that night in the sleep number bed store. Amen. Jesus is asleep in the boat. He's asleep in the boat, and he seems to not care about anything. I'm tired. And he wakes up, and the Bible says that he rebukes them for their unbelief. He said, oh, ye of little faith. They said, don't you care that we perish? He gets up there and says, peace, be still. Man, that lake's smooth as glass again. What are you trying to say, Pastor? You can be in the will of God and still encounter a storm. You can be in the will of God and have Jesus in the boat and still have a storm. You can be in the will of God encounter a storm, have Jesus in the boat, and that is a measurement, and he wants to measure your faith. Now, faith doesn't see things as they are. They see things as they what? Anybody know that scripture? Were. Faith sees things as they were. And sometimes your voice of faith is going to be so contradictory to what is going on around you. Your declaration of faith is going to be so contrary to what is going on around you that it will not match up to circumstances and people will think you're crazy. Well, you, what are you talking about, Pastor? Go to the book, uh, a book um, in the Gospels. I don't know where it's at right now. When Jesus goes to raise Jairus' daughter. By the time he gets there, she, she was very sick. By the time he got there, she was dead. And they're all crying, and they're all mourning. And he says, she's not dead, she's just asleep. And the Bible says they laughed him to scorn. They laughed at Jesus. Now, 
do you know how large an IQ would have to be to laugh at Jesus? You see, there's going to be people who are citizens of Realville. And they live in Realville, and they just see it. She's dead. She's gone. She ain't never coming back. And Jesus says she's just asleep. And they think he's crazy. Where did this guy, Nazarene, come from? And he said, I need everybody to just get out of the room. Sometimes you've got to get all the, la- all the laughter that, that is associated with unbelief out of the room. You've got to get all the doubt out of the room. You've got to get it out of your life. You've got to get it out of your circumstances. You've got to get it out of your situation. Boy, this is quite a Christmas message, isn't it? You've got to get all that junk out of there so faith can begin to move, grow, and operate. Hallelujah. Now, when we see him, we shall be like him. So we're trying to be like Jesus, and God is working in our lives. Hallelujah. And as we go along here, yeah, as we go along. And every man that hath this hope purif- in him purifies himself. Hope. You've got to have hope. You can't ever give up hope. Don't stop. That's not like it could be a hot number one song somewhere someday, doesn't it? Brandon, let's look at that and see what we can do out of that. Don't stop believing. You've got to have hope. You've got to have hope. What is hope? Pastor, what are you talking about hope? Hope comes from that word up there. Elephus? Is that right? Elpis? Are you sure? How do you know? How much Greek have you had? Huh? <laughs> it comes from the primary word. Is that Elpo? The first cousin to Alpo? Yes. All right. As when I saw that on the screen, I had to think about is that Alpo's cousin? Elpis. It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure and expectation. I'm expecting God to do something in my life. I'm expecting God to do something in your life. It means to, whether abstractly or concretely, with confidence or confidence, having confidence. So I have expectation, hope, and I have confidence, hope. What are you having expectation and confidence in, Pastor? He's going to take care of me on this journey. That's my confidence my, or my expectation. I expect God to take care of me because I'm his son. I'm going to ask you this question. Get, listen close. Any of you mothers ever had kids? All right. We're getting better. Any of you dads ever had kids? Yes, we got kids. And what are we going to do? We take care of those kids. We will do whatever they need to get. We'll get it for them if we can. Yes, no, maybe. We will do whatever it takes. We will do whatever it takes to get whatever they need to make their life happen. Yes? So why wouldn't God do the same with us? Why shouldn't we expect him to take care of us? Why shouldn't we expect God to provide everything we need for us? I expect for him to take care of me on this journey. How did my journey start? What in the world happened that got me on this journey? My God, watch, amplified, Philippians 4.19. My God will liberally supply. God is going to liberally supply what you need. I want you to stop crying about what you don't have. And we need to start thanking God for what we do have. We were able to dress ourselves today. Let's go back a little further. We woke up this morning. Let's go back a little further. He protected us all night long. Old man Brenneman didn't come get you in the middle of the night. I'll never forget that. I can still see the curtain blowing. 
because the window was open and the lightning flashed. You know how it does in a movie? The, the curtain blowing right when the lightning flashes. Woo! You're just seeing it. I can still see it. 50 years later, a long time ago. I can still see it. He woke me up this morning. Woke me up this morning. Started me on my way. Keeps me on my journey. Guides me day by day. Is that how you sing the sound? Yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus for myself. Uh-huh. We got to drive here. God gave us wheels or a ride to get here. Gave us money for gasoline. Some of you stopped and got you some of that awesome good health food there at McDonald's. You got that sausage burrito with extra hot sauce. Amen. Hallelujah. Washed it down with a large, sweet tea, light ice. Come on now, somebody. Talking to me. Oh, you know it. Your digestive system is working. Your, your respiratory system is working. You're breathing in. You're breathing out. We've got to start having an attitude of gratitude. We need to be thankful for what the Lord has done for us, and that will give us faith to believe God for what he's going to do for us. Amen? I'm expecting him to take care of me because the word says he is liberally going to supply. He is going to fill to the full. Amen. And somebody say that. God is going to fill to the full. Somebody needs to write that down and put it on your mirror. Amen. Get out your lipstick when you go home and write it across your bathroom mirror that says, God is going to fill to the full in my life. Why shouldn't you live in abundance? Why shouldn't you walk in victory? Why shouldn't you walk in health? Why shouldn't you walk in healing? Why shouldn't we have some wealth? Come on now, somebody. Why shouldn't we have any of this? I'm telling you, when hope arrived, God brought the whole package with him. He didn't just bring a little little dadder. He didn't just bring a little splitter splatter to give on a few people. But he came to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, the Bible says. Amen. Now, somebody, I'm talking to everybody in this house. I'm talking talking to you when you go home and you don't have a, a, a saved spouse, I want you to start walking through the house and say, God, you're going to fill this house to the full with your glory until my husband's in church with me, until my wife's in church with me, until my kids are saved, until my grandkids see the glory of God in their lives. I'm talking about being filled to the full. Merry Christmas. Filthy animal. Happy New Year. What a classic Christmas movie, right? He's going to fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory. I'm almost done. Confidence. Confidence. Everybody say confidence. Some of you need to get a good dose of confidence. Amen. Confidence can be confused with cockiness. to people who don't understand confidence. You know what? You need to let go. Oh, I'm, on. I'm sorry I got to do this on Christmas service, okay? You need to let go of your low self-esteem. I talk to people. I counsel people. You know, I came by your office the other day. I know. I know. You, you didn't because I didn't come in. I, I was going down to the assessor's office. But I didn't have my mask on. And I know that she, the assessor down there, she's an austere woman. And I thought, she's going to kick me out. I know her because she's tough. And I just turned around and went back to the vehicle. I said, I'll go back later. Amen. Because he's going to say, Tracy, Where's your mask? Don't you see the sign? Get out of here. I'm going to call the sheriff. Then I will be coming to your office. I'll be finding out, Jim, can I do some community service because I didn't have my mask on at the sex tax assessor's office. Get rid of your low self-esteem. I talk to people a lot. You know how many people I talk to that will not look me in the eye? Not because I'm some superhero. Okay? Because really? Those days are gone, you know? 
I'm trying to bust that insulin resistance now. Amen. You ever talk to somebody and they won't look at you? Look at them in the eye. You ever talk to somebody and they're immediately they use words to downgrade themselves? Why? God wants to give you confidence. John, 1 John 3, 1, he said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. What did he say in the next verse? Verse 2, we, now are we the sons of God. He said it back to back, twice. Boom, boom, boom. Twice. You're the son of God. You're a son of God, Frank. You've got his blood going through your veins. Woo. Get some confidence about your destiny. God wants you to win. God wants you to be victorious. God wants you to be powerful in him. God wants to help you out in every situation. How many, I'm, I'm asking for truthful votes on this one. How many of you have been praying for my lost title? Oh, look at you. Thank you. Way up there in the balcony. Two hands. Thank you. I'd be going down the road and I'd say, Jesus, i got to find that title. I wish you'd show me where it's at. Send me a text. Call me. Do something. And I came by here yesterday. And I don't even know why I went into my office. But I went into my office. And I sit down. And I opened up that middle drawer, that door. You know, Brandon, that middle drawer. You've opened that middle door before, you know. I opened it up. And there was a plastic tote in there. And I said, no. No. Jesus, what are you doing? And I popped the lid, and there was four envelopes with a rubber band around them. Apparently, someone had put them in there, so they were very important papers, so that, that they would not forget where they put them. And the Lord sent me to find them for them. I popped that lid, and there's those envelopes. No. No. And I started thumbing through it, and two at the bottom said, Secretary of State. And I said, No. And I took them out of that rubber band, and I, I was helping that person that had put them there that wouldn't forget where they were were I was helping them find them the Lord was sending me and it said certificate of title I said no and it said 2004 Chevy Suburban ha 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 I said this is what I said. Isaiah or Ezekiel 33 3. When you call me, I will answer. If he can help me find that title, and you too, out of everybody else in here, you too, thank you. Two or three, I'm confident he can take care of my destiny. I'm confident he can take care of the steps of a good man. They are ordered of the Lord. Amen. Psalm 139, 13, and I'm closing, says this, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the darkness of the womb. You saw me before I was born. He had his eye on you before you were born. He had his eye on you, Sister Peggy, before you were born. 
because he had been to the library, to the books of destiny, because he's the one that put it together. And he's looking at the books. Oh, yes. Peggy, right here. Yes. Bernie, right here. Then he got over to this. Then he got over here to this one. Now, Johnny, do you think his was, what do you think your book read in heaven? Santa Sook or was it Johnny Ty? It was Johnny Ty. The Lord said, oh, Johnny Ty. He had your name on your destiny book. The thing was that when he took it down off the shelf, it was still blank. Nothing was written on it. And then he says, I'm going to start to put this together. You saw me before I was born, and he recorded. Watch, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Let's all stand. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Every moment you've lived, God had already written it down. Every moment that's coming your way on your journey, God's already written it down. So when things come your way, when circumstances come your way, God is not surprised by what comes your way. We're surprised. We're surprised by circumstances and situations. We're surprised by tough reports from the doctor. I remember... I remember going to my answering machine. That's back in prehistoric times. They had an answering machine, which was hooked to a line on a phone, which the phone was hooked to a line in the wall. Now, after that, I don't know where the line went, but it worked. And I remember pushing the button that said play, and I'm listening to all these messages. And this message comes up, and it says, Yes, Tracy, this is so-and-so from Dr. So-and-so's office. I'm just calling to verify and let you know that you did test positive your spinal tap for MS. I remember the answering machine was down on a little stand. We had like a three to four tier stand, and the answering machine was down at the bottom. That's when it was easy to reach things low. You know what I'm saying? And when I heard those words, I was the only one home. When I heard those words, I hit my knees. And I just put my, my knees and my elbows and my head in the floor. And I said, what is going on? I was 32 years old. I had never been in a hospital. Ever. Except to visit somebody. Today, 22 years later, I've still never been in a hospital except to visit people. When I go to the doctor and they say, what prescription medications do you take? And I say, none. They look at me like, are you sure you don't need a memory pill? Did you forget? I said, I do take a baby aspirin. Dr. Pat knew that. Working out at her place one day, and I cut my hand, and she said, she saw the blood running. Oh, she said, you take an aspirin, don't you? How'd you know? Oh, she said, I can see that blood. I said, Lord, have mercy. I didn't even know what MS was. I couldn't even spell it. Some of you got it. Some of you didn't. And I went to the doctor. They, you know, they, then they take me in there, and, and I got a doctor's appointment a few weeks later. And they take me in there, and they, they give me all this paperwork. They give me all this paperwork to read. Take this home and read it. Okay. 
And then they say, okay, so here's what's going to happen. In the next three to five to seven years, this is probably going to happen to you. You ever been to the doctor? Do they ever give you good news? Or do they always tell you the worst case scenario? They're covering themselves. They want to make sure that no, no base is left uncovered. In the next three to five to seven years, you may lose your ability to walk. Around year 15 or so, it could get to the point where you won't be able to talk. Now tell that to a preacher. Can you imagine me trying to sign this to you? And 20 to 25 years from now, you could be dead. Amy and I left that appointment and I got in the car and I said, wow, that was encouraging. So I went home and as a good patient I was going to be, I started reading all that stuff. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm thankful they didn't grade me, but I tell you what, I read about 15 minutes of it. And something spoke inside my spirit and said, now I can either have this or it can have me. So I took it and I put it in the trash can. And I never picked it up again. Because I thought, I'm not going to fill myself with this. I'm going to fill myself with the Word of God. God knows what he wants to do in my life. If he's done with me preaching, then all right, I'll be done preaching. But if not, I hear people say, oh yeah, this is my MS. This is my can. No, this is not mine. I don't want this. And I'm going to walk with the Lord like I ain't got it until something happens and I'm going to depend on him even more when something happens. Amen. Because I know that every day was recorded of my life in that book already. And before an even one day had passed, he had it all put together. And so I was confident. He said, uh, I was confident. How precious, watch this. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. Those precious thoughts cannot be numbered. That's how much he cares about you. I'm talking about hope arrived. Hope arrived in a manger for all of us, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God is bigger than what you're going through. But Brother Tracy, what would have happened if, if that would have got a hold of you and you'd have died? I'd be in his presence. I'd be in his glory. Because you see, I'm just, this is just temporary. But we fall in love with the temporary. We fall in love with this because this is all we know. We haven't been to the other side yet, to our conscious knowledge. We haven't been there yet. But that's where we're all headed. How precious are your thoughts toward about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. <laughs> when I wake up, Lord, you're still with me. When I go to sleep, you're there. When I wake up, Lord, you are still there. You're still with me. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, 12, he said, that is why I am suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust and I am sure that he is able. Everybody say, he is able. He is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. You know what? I made a vow to him a long time ago. I'm with you all the way to the end. No matter what comes down the pike, no matter what happens, I'm with you all the way to the end. We got to be. We got to be. But hope arrived in that manger 2,000 years ago. And today we still cling to that hope. We still cling to that, that hope. And guess what? One of these days I'm going to see him. And when I see him, 
I shall be like him, for I will see him as he is. Amen. Don't give up hope. Live with expectation. Live with confidence. Live with hope, expectation, and confidence. That you know what? Every day, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Every day, I walk one day at a time. When I threw that stuff away from the doctor, I still couldn't half read it because my eyes were still blurry. Because they said from the MS that it had attacked my optic nerve. What it does is MS whacks out your, tricks your immune system. It tells your immune system to attack healthy tissue. And then when it attacks healthy tissue, then it grows. I don't even know what they remember what they're called. Legions. Is it legions? Legions? grows lesions on those nerves that it attacks and then the signal from your brain to your bodily extremities cannot get there that's why you stop walking because your brain's telling you to walk but the message cannot travel to the feet and the legs because there's so many lesions there that it can't get through it's just like roadblock you know with all that junk that's why you lose your ability to speak well, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but for the last 45 minutes, Tim, I've been talking like I'm a colored chainsaw. And it still works. Brother Tracy, was there times when you were afraid? Oh, yeah. But I had to push the fear aside with confidence. Was there times when you cried yourself to sleep at night? Oh, yeah. You ever cry laying on the pillow? your ears fill up with your tears anybody ever done that happens doesn't it I know I've been there but I'm keeping walking with the Lord just keep walking yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear amen let's close our eyes let's let them sing for a moment
it's a story I'll tell. We're just walking in our destinies. We're just walking in our destinies. Hope arrived 2,000 years ago to help us walk on those journeys. It's a story I'll tell. Who knows, this may be the last mountain that you're going to have to traverse. This may be the last river you're going to have to cross in this journey, this battle, the situation that you're in. If you'd like to come on up and pray, you're more than welcome to. If you'd like to come on up, come on up. That's fine. Maybe get some more hope today. Maybe get some more confidence today. Maybe get some more expectation today. Oh, yes. What do you need from the Lord today? What do you need from Him today? What's your heart crying for? See, we can't see it on the outside, but you're living with it on the inside. You know? Hope arrived. Hope arrived. Now let's go Sada behind. Come on. Come get you some hope today. Come on. Put yourself in his presence just a little longer and say, Lord, I just need a little bit more hope today. 14 years old, Colton, 54 days in the hospital, three or four surgeries, went home this week, went home this week. We prayed. He's a miracle-working God. He's an all-sufficient God. Oh, I know it's well. I know it's well. I know everything's going to be all right. But why, Brother Tracy? Why? I don't have that answer. All I know is I just got to trust. All I got to know is one day at a time. All I got to know is, Lord, what are you teaching me through this process? What are you showing me through all this, Lord? My God did not fail. It's the story I'll tell. I know it is well. It is a story I tell. Why don't we all gather around? Come on, gather around. Everybody, just come on up as a family, real fast. This Christmas service. Hope arrived. Hope arrived. I'm walking with hope today, Lord. I'm walking with hope today. I'm not going to walk with doubt. I'm not going to walk in fear I'm walking in hope sing hallelujah to the rock of ages lift your hands let's receive something from the Lord before we leave all of us let's receive something from the Lord before we leave story I'll tell. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, Lord, you've got us on our journey, God. You've got us on our journey. Our journey of destiny. Our journey of destiny, Lord. And the books were open. How's ours going to read? How's mine going to read? God, you're saving me for a certain time. You're saving me for a certain place. You're saving me for a certain situation, whatever it is. Hallelujah.